Section 17, Flowers of Free Thought, Second Series. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ben Susan. Flowers of Free Thought, Second Series, by George William Foote. Section 17, Christian Charity. Jesus Christ told his disciples that in bestowing alms they were not even to let their left hand know what their right hand did. But this self-sacrificing method has not been generally approved, and comparatively few Christians do good by stealth and blush to find it fame. They more often do good for fame and publish it by stealth. Nay, more, their charity is actually their boast in their controversies with infidels. Look at our hospitals, they say. Look at our orphanages. Look at our almshouses. Look at our soup kitchens. It's a wonder they do not boast of their asylums, but perhaps they think it would invite the retort that they not only build them, but fill them. Such boasting, however, is utterly absurd from every point of view. Since the world was in any degree civilized, it has never lacked some kind of benevolent institution. It is absolutely certain that hospitals are not of Christian origin, and there is hardly a country in the world with any pretension to rank above barbarians in which some species of provisions is not made by the rich for the necessities of the poor. Every Mohammedan, for instance, is required by his religion to devote a tenth of his income to charity, whereas the Christian system of tithes is entirely for the profit and aggrandizement of the clergy. Still more ridiculous, if possible, is the Christian cry, Where are your free-thought hospitals, almshouses, and orphanages? Free-thought is a poor, struggling cause. Its adherents are comparatively few and scattered. It has no endowments to lessen the current cost of its propaganda, and it is unable to exact subscriptions by the orthodox method of boycotting or to acquire them in return for good advertisement. Still, the Free Thought Party does manage to relieve its necessitous members, and the Freethinkers Benevolent Fund is not only well supported in excess of all demands, but is probably the only fund which is administered without a single farthing of expense. Besides this, Freethinkers support ordinary local charities, when deserving, just like other people, although frequently, as in the case of most every hospital, Religion is forced upon the recipients of such charity, whether they wish it or not, and religious tests are maintained in the administration. As a rule, however, free thinkers are not inclined to attach so much importance as Christians to organized almsgiving. At the best, it is but a clumsy way of alleviating the worst effects of social disease. The free thinker attaches more importance to the study of causes. He is like the true health reformer who believes a great deal more in exercise, fresh air, and wholesome diet than in physics. For this reason, freethinkers are generally students of social and political questions. They are radicals in the philosophical sense of the word. That is, they recognize the real, lasting improvement can only be achieved by dealing with the cause of poverty and degradation. Many Christians, on the other hand, thoroughly believe that the poor will never cease out of the land, and they seem to regard these unfortunates as whetstones, provided by a beneficent providence on which the wealthy may sharpen their benevolence. Christian charity, even in its highest form, is infinitely less merciful than science, a truth which Mr. Cotter Morrison enforced in the seventh chapter of his Service of Man. 
sanitation, medical science, free trade, popular education, cooperation, and such agencies have done tremendously more than religion to diminish evil and mitigate suffering. On the other hand, it is indisputable that much of our boasted charity is worse than wasted, as it tends to produce the very helplessness and pauperism that furnished it with objects of compassion. Charity is very good in its way, but what we really want is justice. Let us go in for justice first, and when we have gotten that, we shall see what remains for charity to do. Probably it will find that unjust laws inflict a hundred times more misery than charity could ever alleviate. But if that be the case, the most charitable man, after all, is he who devotes some of his time, thought, and energy to political and social reform. Good health for the next generation is more valuable than medicine for the diseases of the present generation. Charity also, in its largest sense, is far wider than almsgiving. It is a questionable charity which gives you a shilling if you're hard up and persecutes you if you think for yourself. Most of us do not require soup tickets, but we do require civil treatment, respect for our independence, and smiling rather than frowning faces. The man who lifts me up from the road when I stumble deserves my thanks, but I doubt the sincerity of his kindness if, when he learns that I honestly differ with him on the atonement, he knocks me down again. Assisting people who agree with you and willfully injuring those who differ savors less of charity than of zeal. You may be a very good Christian, but I venture to say you are a very bad man. When Saladin died, he ordered charities to be distributed to the poor without distinction of Jew, Christian, or Mohammedan. Yet this brilliant ruler had to repel Christian attacks on his dominions and to witness the most abominable cruelty wrought by the soldiers of the cross. Where in the annals of Christendom shall we find such a noble example of true charity? of charity which overflows the petty barriers of creed and loses itself in the great ocean of humanity. End of section 17. Recorded by Ben Susan.